Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear in this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out nhte.net and be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. Besides that website, you can also find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and lots of other podcast platforms. There are links to Now Hear This Entertainment on at least a half dozen podcast apps at nhte.net. In addition to what's listed there, the show is also on the likes of Overcast, Himalaya, Podcoin, Player FM, and more. Joining me today on location at the Summer NAM show in Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, and guitar player from here in Nashville. She has a single out that got more than 50,000 streams in the first two weeks. She mixes elements of neo-soul with the melodies of R&B into a fresh sound that is all her own. You've been hearing a song of hers called What You Do To Me. It's my pleasure to welcome to now hear this entertainment, Shannon Lauren Callahan. Hey, Bruce. What's up? Howdy. <laughs> How's it going? Great. Good to meet you. Thanks yeah, for making time for this. Too. Thanks for having me out. Appreciate it. Go ahead and tell the listeners about that song of yours that I was rudely talking over. That rudely we were talking just over. Just playing called What You Do to How Me. How dare you? Um, yeah, so me and a couple of my friends, my bandmates, um, recorded that, I think, beginning of, well, we released it first week of April, um, and we had kind of been working on it. The month prior, um, we had a pretty big show coming up in New York, um, and we wanted to have something available to people that they could, you know, hear hear the set and then have something online for them to go and check out. Um, but yeah, I, I wrote that song, um, and it's it's done surprisingly pretty well. Just talk about the song itself and. Did you write it by yourself? Yeah, you wrote I wrote it by myself. Um, I'm trying to think of what I was, you know, really into at the time. Uh, but I had kind of just come up with, like, a little guitar riff and, and then started writing um, lyrics to it and then brought it to the guys and, and, you know, the group that I play with, they're all very talented musicians and, you know, they make me sound a lot better than I actually am. Um, but... It's it's really it's really good. It's got you know some R and B, um, you know some jazz influence to it, um, and it's been fun. We've we've got another single coming out in a couple months, and and you know it's a it's a little bit different than the first release, but I think it's it's cool to I think in this day and age it's it's okay to kind of be versatile and, and explore different types of genre of music. As Do you an think artist. that audiences are used to just? going and looking for downloading a digital single. I mean, I know that vinyl is having a resurgence and albums are coming back. No one's going to do 45s that I know of. But, you know, when you said we were going we to be doing the show, we wanted to have something. But it's like, I mean, unless you do download cards, which I don't even know if anyone's even doing those anymore, does it feel kind of anticlimactic? Like you're all excited, you got this single that's out, and you go, well, I just have to hope that when I say it from the stage, people will go track it down as a download i uh, you know i rely a lot on social media um so it's not necessarily me out playing a gig and you know hey check out all my socials you know because no one's really going to do that unless they really really enjoyed your set um but 
over the past year, I've developed quite a following through Instagram and through Facebook, and I rely on that a lot, you know, when I release a single. And that's why it's done so well is because I had already had a pretty big following just from posting guitar videos and whatnot. Okay. Um, so having that, you know, success on Instagram especially has really helped that single be what it is. Um, which is a really cool thing because it wasn't like that in the in the olden days, you know, which it's kind of like a double-edged sword. I think it's a good thing in, in some, you know, some scenarios, but other scenarios it's it's kind of hard because a lot of people look at the numbers you know more than is the song actually good you know like how many how many followers do you have or how many streams does that song have and they kind of depict you know how successful you are based off of that which you know um isn't always the best thing well and it's also not always necessarily accurate because you know we see unfortunately people that try to game the system and the numbers may not really be accurate. So yeah, someone people may can have buy this, their followers and exactly, you know, all that crazy exactly. stuff. And, so. and buy video views on YouTube, you know, and then yeah. you see that there's surprisingly no engagement down below. What's I that know. all about? Huh. Oh, it's well. like this video has, you know, 500,000 views and there's only 10 comments. Yeah. <laughs> How does that work? <laughs> well, listeners, just to pump up Shannon a little bit, uh, over 50,000 streams in the first two weeks and now closing in on 100,000 plays on Spotify. And it was added to over 1,000 playlists, yeah, which, which un- cool. unless you're going to tell me otherwise, I don't know that anyone has found a strategy yet for getting put onto playlists. So these are algorithm playlists, and then they're just playlists from people that, um, you know, have playlists through Spotify. Are you a Spotify user at all or kind of? So, so. So there's like this whole big thing of how to get on an editorial playlist, which I didn't really... Spotify curated, I believe they called them. Yeah. Um, And when we released this, like I said, we were trying to get it out for a show that we... I had won a competition that was sponsored by the Angelico, um, and we wanted to have something available. So with those playlists, I think you have to submit them like a month in advance, um, but you already have, you have to have like an artist profile on Spotify, which I didn't have yet cause I hadn't released anything. Mm. So I wasn't able to submit to those playlists, but the algorithm playlists, you know, your daily mix or whatever, your daily radar, those playlists really help to get that song out there, um, to listeners. So, but the editorial playlist, we're going to try to tackle that with this next single. So I'll let you know how Outstanding. it goes. Outstanding. <laughs> so just to give some background, uh, we've been fortunate enough to get listeners from 147 countries to this show, so many of them are just now being introduced to Shannon Lauren Callahan for the first time. How did you get your start in music, and then maybe also who are your inspirations? Yeah, sure. Um, so I started playing piano when I was four. My mom put my brother and I in piano lessons. My family pretty musical background my dad played instruments my uncles they were all you know phenomenal musicians so it kind of just ran in the family um so i picked yeah, up it wasn't piano. a question of if it was more when yeah <laughs> I, I guess so um but yeah so I, I started playing piano when i was four and by the time i got to like sixth grade i was in band so i played saxophone in band and i think that was around around the time that i picked up guitar because it was pretty easy for the transition because everything that I learned from playing piano, like the theory of it and whatnot, was 
it was easy to transfer that over into learning how to play guitar. Um, and I, between the two, I obviously love playing guitar more. It just, it just, it clicked with me more. Um, but I, I understand more of the theory side of things with piano. Um, but that honestly was, was how I got into it. And I just started songwriting, you know, on piano. And then that, you know, transpired into guitar. Um, but my mom, she has great taste in music, and I grew up listening to Michael Jackson, George Benson, Pat Metheny, all of these really great guitar players. So I think that also helped me, you know, kind of go in the direction of wanting to play guitar as well. Um, and then I, so I went to college for sport management, but I, I, I did a minor in music as well. And more of my background was in, like, orchestral band type music because um, I you know grew up playing in, in band and I was in the symphony in college so that was kind of like my my background my experience was in that but on the side as a hobby I always loved to play guitar I always loved to write my own songs but I never thought that I would ever take it seriously you know and um, so I finished college and landed my job with the Preds here in Nashville and took that as the perfect opportunity to kind of pursue the music thing seriously as well. Um, Meaning because it's Nashville? I was here. You know, I, I had a lot of friends that lived here that were also musicians. Um, you know, it was a passion of mine, and I think reality just kind of clicked, and it always seemed like such a distant thing that I could never achieve or, like, ever do. And um, I'm doing it, so, Yeah, and you know. living here, it's more a case of, how could you not do it? Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, it's so hard to walk down the street and meet someone that doesn't, you know, that isn't here for music or yeah. doesn't play an instrument of some kind. So, Which, by the way, listeners, I know that I've talked a lot over the years about places like Nashville, L.A., and New York. And I don't really know if I've ever come around and directly said this, but if I have, it bears repeating because it's obviously been a while that I don't remember it. But understand what Shannon is getting at, which is that when you're here in a place like Nashville, everybody is a songwriter or everybody is a musician or everybody is a recording artist or some combination thereof. So when you're out eating lunch in the afternoon, that server is probably in the music business. So don't treat them like, I mean, you should never treat anyone like they're below you regardless. But again, you might bump into that person in your musical journey. So understand that they got bills to pay and that they're just waiting tables because they got to keep the lights on. But it just goes to show you that the music business is so small, you never know who you're going to bump into. I already liked Shannon even before we started recording. Then you mentioned George Benson, and your stock went up George. even more. Oh, if you say Earl nice. Klug also, it's going to be the first, like... <laughs> Heard of him, yeah. Okay, I was going to say, it's going to be the first time in the middle of an interview I stop and hug the guest and then sit back down and restart, because Earl Klug, George Benson, yeah. those guys are all... Yeah, he is by far, like, one of my favorite guitar players. But not even just guitar, like, his songs... His songwriting, um, some of my favorites, for sure. So, currently, you're in the studio working on a new album. I guess you could say album. We're kind of taking it song-by-song basis. Um, I think right now, we're going to release singles and then potentially come out with an album. Um, But I've got a lot of other things going on as well. Uh, So, it's just hard to kind of find the time to do all of these things. Um, but right now we're working on Ain't Got No Money, which we're going to try to release in September. Um, and then once we finish that, we'll move on to the next song. 
Okay, so two follow-up questions. You're saying maybe release some singles, but would those songs still end up on the yeah. album anyways? Yeah, okay. it would it would potentially be and an then album. And you, when you're saying we, are you talking about a full band project, or do you mean, no, me and my producer? Uh, full band. So when I say me, you know, it's the, ba- it's the band, you know? Because I wouldn't be me without them, you know. I, they add so much to the to what the sound is. So, sounds it sounds like a very team mentality. Oh, there for is sure. No I, in team. I think it, it has to be if you're going to have a successful group. You all have to kind of be on the same page and want the same things and have similar goals of of where you want the music to go, um, which I think we all do, and it's been fun. Well, and similarly, I'm just meeting you for the first time, but you seem like the extreme opposite end of the spectrum from, and listeners, this is where I wish you could see as a, if it was a video podcast, but my left hand all the way out to one side saying, this is Diva way over here, and my right hand all the way out to the other side, this is Shannon over Not here. Not a Diva, no. I, I actually try to stay away from the spotlight, you know? Well, but my point was going to be that there's not a whole lot of musicians that would be interested in signing up to work with a diva. So yeah. it's great that you are so grounded and so no, humble a, because you're putting the band first and not saying, well, it's got to be me yeah. and this is my band. Well, and that was the thing. It was funny too, because when we, I started playing with, with the group maybe seven or eight months ago. Um, so we're still pretty fresh and, you know, we were. I was like, maybe we need a band name. We need to come up with a band name. And they were like, no. They're like, it needs to be your name. I was like, no. They're like, they're your songs. You know, it should be under your name. So that's kind of what we went with. And you know, that's where I had my following already was under my name. So it just made sense to do it that way. But if I could have it my way, we would have had a band name. I was going to say, you did it begrudgingly. Yeah. Exactly. It's like in baseball when they say that the manager has filed a protest, which after all these years of being a sports fan, I still don't know what that means. Like, okay, <laughs> the rest of the game is being played under protest. Like, okay, yeah, we're going to continue to go under Shannon, Lauren, Callahan, but just for the record, I'm doing so under protest. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of Shannon and her band, uh, y'all got to perform on the Avid stage here at NAM. Mm-hmm. You did, uh, you were with Jude Smith. Is was that your first time performing at NAM? I yeah, technically. Last year I played a couple booths, but it wasn't like an actual performance. It was more just like testing out gear. But yeah, I, I'd never played at NAM before. So how did you get that opportunity to play out on that stage? So there is a um they're called Gear Talk. Pretty big on social media. They do a lot of work with different products, doing demos on on gear and whatnot. But Lance, the guy that owns the company and runs it, he came across a video that Jude and I had posted together um, and was just, like, in love with it and reached out and was like, hey, I really love what you guys are doing. Would love to have you play at NAMM. Would you guys want to play the stage? And, of course... We yeah, of course we'd want to play the stage. Um, so yeah, it was great. He had us out, and then uh, Kurt, the guy that plays guitar for me and myself, we work pretty closely with Supro Amps, um, and so they you know came through and and supplied all of the amps for us to use for the show. Um, but it was it was a lot of fun. It was a cool experience for sure. So I'm I'm thankful that he, he had us out. So down to earth. When you get a message like that saying. Hey, I love this video. Would y'all like to play on the Avid stage at NAM? I mean, is there this side of Shannon that I don't know yet where you're just like bouncing off the walls? Or oh, it was I like, mean, no, of man, course was I awesome. was ecstatic. <laughs> of course I was ecstatic, you know? I mean, 
that's a great I, I'm very humbled and flattered that he would even think to reach out and have us so um, but he's, he's a great guy you know I had the chance to talk to him on the phone about everything and um, very supportive of, of, of myself and of Jude too so now you mentioned before we pressed record that you had been through the NAM show last year also. Mm-hmm. Are you a gearhead? Are you someone that just I'm not. Gets- I'm, I'm, I'm getting into it, though. I'm getting into it. I, I actually just got a, first, I, I got a few pedals the other day. I'd never used guitar pedals before. Ah. Um, and my buddy, Kurt, that plays guitar with me, he's a big pedal, big pedal guy. And he had some extras that he wasn't using. So he has loaned them to me to, to use and whatnot. Because so, he'd always joke with me because I, I didn't even have a tuner pedal. Wow. Yes, would be on stage, and he'd have to like help me tune and stuff. So, um, I, I wasn't a gear person before, but I'm 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 getting into it. Well, into listeners, the pedal world. if you saw the smile on her face when she started saying it, it's like <laughs> he's loaning you those pedals. But I have a feeling that he's not getting them back anytime uh, soon, based on the smile he might on your not. face. You know what? <laughs> he might not. We'll we'll see. Well, so I know you're going to go back inside and, and mm-hmm. look around the show after you and I are done, but at least based on last year and and maybe the quick lap that you did through, uh, you know, what, what stands out about the NAMM show or, or maybe have you been able to make any connections as a result of being part of the NAMM show? Yeah, I, or maybe anything you're excited to go in and look at looking forward to guitars. (laughs) Excited to check out some guitars. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's funny though. Last year when I was here, I, didn't really know i didn't really know a lot of people um i play at vertex the vertex booth i don't know if you're familiar with their pedals but they make they make great guitar pedals um but as far as this year it's it's mostly like i'm here to go meet up with people that i met online different companies that have reached out to me through you know online like fender um they had sent me some gear so i'm gonna go link up with them um supro also made connections with them so it's mostly nam is like really cool for me now because i get to come here and meet all these people that i've been talking to online and you know that they've supported kind of my journey in music and it's it's so cool to get to meet those people that are behind you know what i love so product products that i love and i finally put a face with a name exactly so it's 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 not as much of checking out the gear for me it's it's more so meeting people and seeing some of my friends play different booths. You mentioned Fender and Supro. You also mm-hmm. have partnerships with Orangewood Acoustic Guitars mm-hmm. as well as Ernie Ball. So how are you getting all of these? Social media, man. Mm. Social media. Outstanding. I know. It's, it's cool. It's a really cool thing. Okay, but just do a little hand-holding for the listener who is an up-and-coming performer that thinks okay, well, she's saying that I just have to have a big following and these that's companies not true. are going to I'm not necessarily saying that. I'm saying there's more to it than just having a following. You know, when it comes to, like, Instagram, you, your content has to be, you know, the content is number one. Like, providing good content, you have to be good at your craft, obviously, to get a following like that. You can't pay for that. Um, but really focusing in on that, so being good at what you're doing, but also making it look appealing to the viewers and engaging with your fans is all engaging with your fans is, is really like the biggest thing for me is, is just being online, you know, answering questions, you know, responding to people. And are you tagging all these different brands? Is that how they're finding you? Perhaps. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think so. 
It's been a while. It's been a while. I have to think back. But yeah, usually I'll tag like different Instagram channels that are big music channels. Um, or if I'm playing my Fender in the video that I'm about to post, obviously I'm going to hashtag Fender and at Fender as well. Um, just so that better, that enhances the chances of, you know, them seeing it or somebody else resharing it. So we've mentioned the name Jude Smith a few times. Listeners, I mentioned that Shannon performed with him here at the Avid stage at NAMM the other day. How how did the two of you meet in the first place? So we actually met through Kurt, the guy that plays guitar for me. Um, Kurt and Jude actually got together and made a video. And I guess Jude found out that, you know, Kurt played guitar with me and um, it kind of, you know, looked at my page and thought, hey, let's do let's do a collaboration together. So we met up. Um, we met up one day and we just, I had an idea for a little riff and then we kind of bounced ideas off of each other. And, and the first video that we did has probably, I'd say, views all together, close to like 5 million views. Is that, I, I did see a cool video of, of you and Jude and Kurt, you're playing your guitars yeah. on a balcony. Yeah, that was actually like right, right, Across the street, down downtown Nashville. Is that the is that the video you're talking about? <laughs> yeah, that's a cool video. No, well, not that video. The first video that we did was just me and Jude, um, and it did so well. Like, I mean, millions of views, which was super mm. cool, and it's led to a lot of the opportunities. You know, like getting to play Nam. It led to us being able to do that, um, and then the video that we did with Kurt. That was a lot of fun. We did that not too long after. And then um, Jude and I, we released another video, I think, like two weeks ago. But we're actually working on a track together so that we're going to release on YouTube here soon. That video that I keep going back to where y'all are on the balcony, was that very easy to do? Or was it, no, that was actually a business and so we had to get permission or we had to no, get... No, it was um, Jude's cousin lives there. Uh, okay. So we, he was, I think, cat-sitting for his cousin <laughs> and was like hey i have a really cool space we could do a fun video and um there again just showed up had an idea in mind and jude's a phenomenal producer as well like aside from being a you know singer songwriter guitar player he's a great producer so a lot of these videos that we do like he'll go home and he'll you know kind of spice them up and produce them a little bit more and that's why they sound so good um but yeah that was i mean we did that in a matter of like three three hours or so and I was going to say, there's this, I don't want to say recurring theme, but more and more I find myself in conversations with guests on Now Hear This Entertainment where we end up coming back to, don't overthink it. It's really not yeah. something that you get. It's not rocket science. And it's just, we had this balcony. We had someone that could shoot it for us. Yeah, and, you just you have know. to have fun with it. And I think that's like, for me, with music, is sometimes you can't take it too seriously, you know, because I think you lose sight of what you're doing. And it's better to just let things work out i mean still work hard obviously but i think it's important to just not get you know not over overwork yourself and and just trust in your abilities well but similarly i think a lot of people see some nice looking videos and they think oh i wish i could make a music video like that you can mm -hmm. you don't yeah. need this huge budget no, just because the really video can. looks good it doesn't mean that the person spent a ton of money to make it yeah, if and, you have and, the right connections and whatnot. Well, and that's a perfect opportunity for me to tell people about Tascam and all the great gear that they make and the fact that if you're making videos, you can record the audio for your videos through Tascam gear. That's what I do when I go out and do speaking engagements. 
I record with the DR10 series. It's a little lavalier mic that I clip on, records into an SD card that's on my belt, and I just take that SD card out, lay that over the video, and it works great. I actually got that idea from way back when I interviewed Biebs for Now Hear This Entertainment, and she was doing some video, and that's what she was using was the DR10 series from Tascam. And I'm actually going to have to look into the DR70D, which will give me an opportunity for when I do these on-location interviews. Instead of the DR44WL, which Shannon and I have our own individual mics here, but that would allow me in a case of like when I interviewed a few weeks ago, you heard my episode where Frontier, the band, they were on here, and there was four of them. They all had to share one mic, and I had my mic, so I'm going to look into the DR70D. Those of you who are listening, if you're doing any kind of recording on your own, whether it's a demo, whether it's an EP, if you're recording your live shows, Tascam has all kinds of solutions. They've been in business for more than 40 years. Check them out at Tascam.com, T-A-S-C-A-M.com. All kinds of solutions, whether you're a beginner, intermediate, or advanced recording musician where you're touring the globe. They've got something for everyone. So, Shannon, you were the winner of the Emerging Artist Fund sponsored by D'Angelico Guitars with Pickup Music. Explain to the listeners what that was. Yeah, so earlier I was talking about the show that we played in New York um, sponsored by D'Angelico, and that's what that was. Pickup Music is basically... It started out as like a guitar community on Instagram where they would post different videos of just guitar players that, you know, were killing it on Instagram, doing really well. Um, and they have actually, I mean, they've helped me get to where I am with my success on social media just by like resharing videos and whatnot. The guy that runs it, Sam Blake Clock, he's, he's awesome. Um, but they've kind of done more along started out as guitar and now they're kind of branching out into different artists so they're doing a lot with um you know posting stuff for you know different artists in LA and New York and they have a competition I think they do it each month now that people can go online and they can vote for you um you know who's you know the next emerging artist or whatnot and um you just have to like hashtag pick up jazz um so they can see it and then people vote for you and Luckily, we, we won, and they they flew us out to, uh, or we actually drove um, to New York, but, you know, everything was paid for. We got to stay in a really cool place, and we got to play Rockwood in New okay. York. So Emerging Artists Fund, you didn't win money. We did. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did want to talk about, you played a sold-out show in New York at, at Rockwood Music Hall, and listeners, I hope you're familiar with Rockwood. In fact, back on episode 208, Blake Morgan was the guest here on Now Hear This Entertainment. He's had a residency at Rockwood for a few years now. And ironically, a few days ago, I saw Nicholas Wells, the guest from episode 204, was posting on Instagram that he was going to be playing at Rockwood. And in the case of Shannon, y'all were opening for saxophonist and singer Braxton Cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was awesome. Very cool experience. I had never been to Rockwood before. Um but I don't, I've never played a show like that. The energy in the room was incredible. But we got to open up the show, and then um, there were two other artists that played before Braxton went on, Bianca Munez, I think is her name, and Miette Hope, which is a good friend of mine. She's a New York-based singer-songwriter, guitar player. Um, so it was really cool to be on the bill with all of, with all of them. But earlier when I was talking about how grounded you are, how humble you are, to me that's completely different from... I got to believe that there had to be some nerves 
playing that night at Rockwood? I was, I was a little nervous. I was a little nervous, but I also think it helps too when you have a group that plays with you that, you know, it's a lot easier. It's not like you're going up there playing solo. If I were just, if it was just me and my guitar, I would have been a little, yeah, I would have been a lot more nervous than I actually was. Um, but believe it or not, there were so many familiar faces in the audience that that, that kind of put me at ease, and I, I wasn't that nervous because, you know, we, we came up there to have a good time and play music, and that's exactly what we did. But you went up from Nashville. How were their familiar faces, quote-unquote, all the way up in New York? So pickup music, a lot of their following is based in New York. So a lot of people that I've met on social media uh. were at the show because um, it's kind of like a community, basically. Um, pickup, I think they have over 300,000 followers, people that are in that in that community. So I got to actually meet a lot of the people I met online that night um, and see people perform that I had followed online too, which was really cool. Um, but it's like a big family, basically. That's awesome. Yeah, it well, was a you lot know, of fun. I interviewed Eva Gardner. She's the bass player for Pink. And oh, yeah? And she was talking about the stadium shows that they're doing in Europe and about being at Wembley Stadium and these sold-out shows. And I asked her about, even after all these years, she's been playing with Pink for 12 years, and I said, there's still got to be some nerves, though, walking out into a stadium like that. And she said, yeah, there is. Mm -hmm. But she kind of said family more in the sense of the band. She said, you know, I've been playing with the same people night after night, been playing these songs for years, and I've been playing the bass for years, and so you just kind of rely on muscle memory to get you through it. And, you know, once that first song or so is, is behind you, it's nothing. It's all good. And I, I do, I think there are like some nerves right as you're getting on stage before you go into the first song, you know, but once you're, once you get going from there on, it's smooth selling. Yeah. It's like turning the key in the ignition and go, Oh, I think the car sounds a little different. Okay. I think the engine's turning over. Okay. You put it in drive and you're off down the road. Exactly. It's all good. So scrolling through your Instagram, I saw that you were taking a, a Carrie Marshall masterclass. And listeners, yeah. you might remember that I interviewed Carrie this past January at Winternam on episode 260. I listened to that, actually. Yeah. What? Uh, thank you. Yeah. What, what did you take away from his course? Um, Carrie is phenomenal when it comes to R&B. But, like, that's like his, I feel like he's very well known in, you know, the guitar community because he's played with so many great artists. Um He's a very notable guitar player. So I gravitate more to the R&B style of guitar, gospel, um, jazz. And it was a really great course. I learned a lot of the licks that he uses, you know, when he does studio sessions and whatnot. So I definitely picked up a lot of a lot of his technique. Um, but I feel like you have to kind of make it your own, too. I think everybody kind of learns off of off of each other you take a, a guitar lick and you have to kind of you know you can't make it sound exactly how they play yeah. it you have to kind of make it your own too so it's really cool because um, that master class is through pickup pickup does master classes with you know they did one with carrie they did one with my good friend tj whitelaw just really great guitar players either that are you know big on instagram or they're also you know touring musicians a lot of my friends they, they tour with you know art you know pretty big artists um so it's always cool to see the different master classes and and what you learn from you know everybody brings something different to the table but um hopefully i enhanced my r&b chops after watching his master class <laughs> well this is a little anticlimactic being that this episode is being released in september but 
you are going on tour in August playing guitar for an artist named Rozzy supporting mm -hmm. OAR and American Authors, which, uh, again, small world, Michael Paris is in OAR, and he was the guest way, way back on episode 30 oh, yeah. of this show. But just uh, tell me more about that whole endeavor. Yeah, so that, that happened really quite really fast my friend tiana um that i also met on instagram um but i met her in person actually in la a couple months ago ah. um but she actually tours with rosie she plays guitar for her and she plays with another artist i think her name's queen nija i'm probably not pronouncing that correctly um but she's a really big r&b artist that so t she plays guitar with her as well and see, she had some conflicting dates in August and wasn't able to do the tour with Rosy, so she recommended me for the gig. Um, and we actually leave uh, next Friday is when I'm leaving. Wow. So wow. It'll Fantastic. be fun. Listeners, I'm joined on location at the Summer NAM show in Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player Shannon Lauren Callahan. You hear her talking about it, so go ahead and check her out on Instagram. It's at Shannon Lauren Callahan. And the same for Facebook. We'll have links from the show page for this episode at nhte.net that, so that you can follow her on both of those and engage with her. Her music is streaming on Spotify and on YouTube, so do support Shannon, engage with her through all those different platforms. As for this show, this is what I create. This show is my quote-unquote new release every week. So I hope it impacts you in some way, just like performers like Shannon want their music to touch you. And then similar to supporting them by buying their music, if you do find value in what I'm producing, I hope that you'll contribute through the Patreon for this show, which helps me with some of the costs and enables me to keep releasing a new episode of the show every week. Go to the show website, nhte.net, and hit the orange support us on Patreon button or go directly to patreon.com slash nhte. I do truly appreciate your support no matter what amount you're comfortable giving at. Shannon, you went to high school and college in Kentucky? Yes, And I did. you majored, you said, in sports management mm -hmm. and music. So you mentioned this very briefly, but listeners, sports and entertainment are often mentioned together, and lo and behold, you're working for the Nashville Predators. How have you found that to work out, though, in terms of doing what you have to do for them, but also being able to keep pushing forward mm -hmm. with your music career. I love the Preds. Like, it's such a great organization to work for. Um, I really got lucky when I landed that job. Um, but they, you know, my job is, is great. The hours aren't bad. You know, I work Monday through Friday, usually like 7 to 5. Um, so I have the evenings to work on music. I have the weekends to work on music. Um, so it's, it really hasn't ever been an issue. Um, I'm getting ready to go on tour and they've worked with me on that. So, you know, I, I couldn't ask for a better place of employment. Um, cause they're, you know, they're completely supportive. A lot of people that I work with know that I play music or they I follow me. Ask. Um, and so, you know, that right there just shows, you know, how supportive they are of what I do. So it really hasn't, it hasn't been an issue. It's, it's kind of the best of both worlds. You know, I get to do sports, which I, I love, I don't know if you've ever been to a Preds game, but they're so much fun. I mean, I know you're a Sabres guy. Or, no, Lightning. Or lightning, Lightning. Um, but they're so much fun, and it's it's crazy because you wouldn't think that hockey would be as big it is, 
as it is in the South, but the fans here are crazy too. It's it's so much fun. We endure the same thing down there. You wouldn't think that it's as big as it yeah. is, but I don't even know how many consecutive sellouts it's at. I mean, we're talking how many years they've sold out every mm-hmm. single game. But so down there, they have, I'll call it a party on the plaza before every game, and they have a stage, and there's always a band playing. So do you get any opportunities with your music to play in conjunction with I've Predators games? I've never wanted to play. I've never, I don't really think what we do fits kind of what they're doing. It's it's more like rock, like southern rock yeah, and stuff true, that they play. Um, so I've never really had the desire to ask to do that. Um, but I'm sure if I if I did, they you know probably be. But is kind of it, is highly as you're speaking of your job there, it sounds like you, music has to be kind of what you're going for. That you're hoping that eventually your long term goal will be just doing music full time. Yes, I think it'd be cool. Yeah, if if that if that were to happen. But also, I'm really happy with things the way things are going now. Um, I feel like. I'm successful with my job, and then I'm, I also feel successful. If this is it for me with music, if this is the end of the road, if, you know, doing what we're doing now, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with that because we're making music we love, and, you know, that's all that really matters to me. But so far, out of everything that we've talked about, all the success that you're having, and you've talked about some of the guys in the band and people that you play with and connections that you've made through social media and stuff, but is this all you doing this all yourself? I haven't heard you talk about a manager, a publicist, oh, yeah. a booking no, agent. Yeah, I don't have a manager. I don't have any of that. So it's all kind of just been me, um, which is kind of nice. You but know? I'm going to take my hat off to you because the level of success that you're having and that you're doing it all yourself and yeah. that you just finished talking about, you're also holding down a full-time job. Mm-hmm. That's commendable. commendable. It's, it's hectic, I will say that. Like it's It's been pretty nonstop very busy because when i leave work i'll have something you know music related to do in the evenings um weekends are usually spent doing music stuff um so it's it is it is pretty crazy all the time but it's it's a lot of fun so it's worth it well we all have fun playing music just like i have fun playing my boulder creek guitar that's the one that (laughs) i play an acoustic from boulder creek and listeners you've heard guests on this show who play boulder creek guitars dave jenkins from pablo cruz Last night I got to go see Chris Donahue play. He was on the show. He's the bass player for Emmy Lou Harris, the bass player for Pat Benatar. He plays Boulder Creek. He's been on the show as well. A long list of guests that have been on the show talking about why they play Boulder Creek. If you're serious enough about your guitar playing that you want them to custom build you an acoustic guitar, write to me at podcast at nhte.net, and I will personally connect you with Jeff Stramitz, the CEO of Boulder Creek. He was actually on this show on episode 241 and Jeff talked about their suspended bracing system, which gives Boulder Creek guitars such a great sound and makes them very unique in terms of the way that they're built. But he also talked about being a gigging musician himself, and he talked about how to approach companies like that if you're looking for a sponsorship or an endorsement and how not to approach companies like that. But in the meantime, watch the video, look at the artist roster, check out bouldercreekguitars.com. It's B-O-U-L-D-E-R. Shannon, with regards to songwriting, how do you how do you write new music? Lyrics first, melody first, both at the same time? Is it usually by yourself? Is it co-writes? Is it a mix? Usually by myself. Um, when I first moved here, I was doing a lot of co-writing. Um, and it wasn't that I didn't like it. I just, I, don't, I feel like I write better songs by myself as of right now, which that could change. Um, but usually... Usually be like a chord progression or whatnot, and, or a riff, and then I'll have that, and then I'll write music to 
to that. I'll write lyrics to that. Um, lately is how but I've been being writing. that Nashville, is, they advocate so much for co-writing oh, and everyone's always I scheduling know. writes with each other. Because of your full-time job during the day, are you scheduling sessions for yourself to sit and write? Or is it just when you're noodling and something comes to you that's cool? And Yeah, mostly just like on the fly. Like I'll just be, you know, practicing guitar or something will come up. Um, but I think, too, I, I actually have been co-writing with Jude. We've been writing some songs together. Um, and I think it's better to, you know, instead of meeting with all these different people you don't know to write songs, I think sometimes it's best to, like, find that one person that you mesh really well with and keep, you know, writing songs with them. Yeah, if it ain't which broke, is, don't fix it. Exactly, which is what we've been doing. So that's been fun. And honestly, I, I don't think I, I, like you said, I have a full-time job. I'm also doing the music stuff. I don't know when I would find the time to fit in all of these co-writes. So am I missing anything in the, in the you know, the, the what's next for Shannon Lauren Callahan timeline in terms of you, you're working on the album. Mm-hmm. You've got this tour that you're doing in August. Mm-hmm. What else is in the pipeline maybe for the rest of 2019? I know September, work on getting out the next single. And then after that, work on another tune. We've probably, I mean, we've got enough for a full length album for sure. Um, but definitely want to release more songs, um, play more shows, gig more, um, maybe go outside of Nashville for some more shows, um, and maybe do a tour for, for my stuff would be fun to do a tour with just, just, um, my group. But as of right now, I mean, that's pretty much just taking it day by day, step by step, you know, having fun with it. So will we see any more cool new videos coming out? Of course. Of course. Yeah. We're actually, I before I was here, me and Jude were working on um, a new video that we're going to put out. So Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we're going to close today with a song of yours called Ain't Got No Money. Before we let you go, tell the listeners all about this one. It's about not having any money. <laughs> it's in the title. <laughs> Being broke. We've all been there, you know. Get out of college. Get your first job, you know. Nashville's expensive. I don't know if you guys know that, but it is very expensive to live here. Um it's expensive but, to visit here. <laughs> yes, exactly. So the, I mean, the song is basically honing into that, and you know, you know, not having any money, and that's, I mean, that's that's pretty much it, to be honest. There's there's not a lot more to talk so about. The listeners need to absolutely download the heck out of it, meaning buy downloads. That way, you can do a follow up. Hey, song, which that's is, a good point. Got yeah. money now. Got money now, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Tables have turned. Well, it was great to meet you. Thanks you so much well. for your time. And continued best wishes with all that you're doing. Thanks, Bruce. Appreciate you having me out. Sure thing. Listeners, that'll do it for this week's episode. And now hear this entertainment. My sincere thanks to Shannon Lauren Callahan. Find her on Instagram at Shannon Lauren Callahan. Facebook, same handle. Her music is streaming on Spotify and YouTube. Make sure that you follow her on Instagram, follow her on Facebook, engage with her, like the post, comment, let her know that you're listening to her music, let her know that you heard her on Now Hear This Entertainment. As I mentioned before, this is what I create. This show is my quote-unquote new release that I put out every Wednesday morning. And I hope that it impacts you in some way. Entertainment value, education value, both. It's just like Shannon and others like her that want their music to touch you. And then similar to supporting them by buying their music, I'm asking you if you find value in what I'm producing. I hope that you'll contribute through the Patreon for this show. That helps me with some of the costs and enables me to keep releasing a new episode of the show every week. 
Go to the show website, nhte.net, hit the orange support us on Patreon button, or just go directly to patreon.com slash nhte. I do truly appreciate your support. You can contribute at whatever amount you're comfortable giving at. Thanks ever so much for listening to episode 291. We'll send you out today with another song from Shannon Lauren Callahan. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Ain't Got No Money. Yeah.